Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. I'm Christine, your host. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue with our series, Herd Immunity. Here's Pastor Geshom sharing today's message. Hi Church, it's such a joy and a privilege to meet with you in this online experience. We've started the series called Herd Immunity and I know uh, most of you have been part of it. And uh, me for one, I've just realized over the last couple of weeks that a lot of scales have been falling down from my eyes. Like I haven't seen uh, people the way I should have been seeing. And so today, even as we go into this fourth part of the series, uh, I just wanted to recap some of the things that we saw. We saw that being part of the herd, we cannot be consumers, but we have to be contributors. And then we went on to see how uh, we have certain false belief. False belief for many of us, sometimes the false belief is uh, about God itself. And uh, many a times it's in in us ourselves. And then oftentimes what happens is we have a false belief about others. We don't um, see them the way God expects us to see them. To counter that, we saw that we have to be always ready to repent. And we saw that we have to boldly believe. And the last thing was we saw how we have to lavishly love. And I want to build uh, this sermon entirely on the aspect of what this love looks like. Because lavishly love is such a big word. It, it It's so strong that oftentimes we uh, make it very conditional. But God expects us to make it uh, unconditional just as he uh, has actually given us that unconditional love. And today, even as uh, we set the tone for this entire sermon, uh, I just wanted to again remind to us what does community look like or what does uh, this herd look like? Um, as I was reading uh, an article about what uh, a herd actually does, you know, uh, there are so many interesting aspects of how researchers have actually spent time uh, around a herd and have seen certain characteristics. And one of the key characteristics that they've seen is uh, that irrespective of uh, whatever size and shape that they are in, they're all cloistered together. That togetherness, that sense of unity is so strong. And it was unique because this researcher said that when they are so strong like that, the predator actually is unable to find out who is actually, where's the head, who's who forms the entire body. Because oftentimes their heads are stuck in together. There are certain people who are looking out. Their legs are all together. And he was just saying that, the predators struggle to actually come and they're scared coming to a united front of this herd community. And so today, how are we actually, are we perfect in just being individuals and saying, you know what, God, thank you for redeeming me. Thank you that I'm following you and we are happy to be uh, just left alone. Or are we willing to, you know, uh, lay aside all that differences that we kind of have? God doesn't have differences, but we have certain differences and we're not willing to let go of those but when we allow ourselves to, you know, to come to that place where you say, God, take away all these differences. I lay to you, but let me be united together with this body. We will see so many things happen. For one, we will have the support of uh, others around to actually uh, pray with us when we are in need, to actually stand with us when we are confused, to probably even confront us when we are actually heading down the wrong path. And to actually uh, have that kind of a community around us means that we will have to understand that love which is received to us unconditionally is also given unconditionally. So I'm going to read from Galatians chapter 5 verse 6. It's a familiar passage for um, those of us who've been reading the epistles quite often because a lot of times we find uh, 
how we are all called together and be part of the church in this verse. So Galatians chapter 5 verse 6 goes on to say, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. It goes on to say, For we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but only faith activated and expressed and working through love. So in the Galatian church, one of the biggest issues that rose up was the difference between those who were circumcised and those who were not circumcised. And for most of you who are listening who probably have not even understood what this entire scene is set in, it's like, wow, that's a weird uh, reason to actually be seeing differences by yes. At one point, they differentiated among themselves who were following Christ between those who had actually uh, were from the circumcised group, who were typically the Jews who had actually had Jewish heritage, and for those who are actually non-Jewish heritage. And so Paul writes here to say the only thing that counts is faith expressed. I love how it says it is that only faith activated and expressed and working. There are three different things. It gets activated. It's, you know, it's like when you activate a SIM card, you know, it starts uh, take time to boot and, you know, it kind of like takes for you to get, get to know what this faith is all about. It's like you get to know what your phone is all about. It's expressed and then it starts working. And when it starts working, there are different aspects which can be covered. Earlier on in the series, we saw from Genesis 1.26 how God created us in his image. And when we see that, we see that God was a triune God. There was a sense of community in that. There was a sense of relationship, a wonderful working relationship. And so when he created us, he created us in that mirror image. And so today we are not called to express this love all by ourselves. We are called to express it as a community together. Because as a community, we will be so unique. And even as I uh, uh, go through certain scriptures later, I would love if, you know, if you can open your hearts and say, God, work in me so that I can be part of this community. The community is not uh, a physical uh, church location or at this point, an online church location. No, it's part of the body of Christ. You know, God's actually coming back for us. That's the hope that we have. And, that's, and the hope is that we will live in eternity with him. And this hope, that we have, that we'll all be together is from around the world, across the ages, who all he has redeemed. And it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be so different. We don't know what to expect. All we know is in all probability, we'll be just praising and worshiping God and we'll see him in all his glory. We'll stand in awe and all we'll do is worship in spirit and in truth. So, Okay, so you're like, you know what? A herd always looks the same. It, it probably is a collective of, uh, you know, the same animal. Yes, uh, but um, I would love to draw your attention. Like we've titled this herd immunity because of the aspects, the key nature of what a herd is, to, is like. But when we actually look at what community God is actually building, uh, it looks like this. So um, last year, um, I used to um, go to the gym I know for many of you, it might be a joke uh, considering my WhatsApp status also. But um, uh, so when I was going, I used to go in this odd time between 11 to 12, you know, right before noon. And um, and these water buffaloes used to like cross the road. You know, there's a pack of water buffaloes who just like uh, dip themselves in this nearby lake that uh, is there and they are crossing. And as they cross, a uh, lot of these birds, you know, from pigeons to crows, to, you know, these seagulls, you know, and different ones which are there at that time will all go sit on them. They'll see, and it's a beautiful sight because I, 
every day would just spend five minutes watching you know uh, anything to take away my time from the gym i would love you know gladly give and you know see probably if i can get a lesson out of it and so i was just i uh, i noticed it the first day but then continuously as i started going i saw that this became a pattern and so they'll beautifully uh, come out of the lake they'll cross the road and they go into this empty plot of land and the empty plot of land is just got all these weeds and you know wild flowers growing they go there they spend some time uh, you know just grazing around and at noon high noon when the sun is at its peak they find this tree and like they, they huddle around like around 6 or 7 water buffaloes huddle around and they are sitting and the picture is so beautiful i wish i had clicked a picture and you can see all these birds just sitting on them and doing their thing honestly for a water buffalo at that time they really are not helping them uh, in the sense but they have a sense of belonging there they are probably just eating of all the different insects that are on the water buffalo and so when i saw that i realized you know what community is unique community is going to look so different we don't know who to expect but god brings because he knows that they'll fit in and often times uh we kind of like think have this mental picture but many times in my head i think like that you know what god this kind of a person should come into our community no and god constantly keeps reminding it's going to be who i think will really need that love is the one who's going to come in church is never going to be or never will be built by perfect people church is going to be built by imperfect people and today if imperfect people are going to build the church it's those imperfect people who are going to be welcomed in this let us go back at you know to the time when we actually found god when we found jesus actually his redeeming love for us we were imperfect in every way possible and oftentimes uh, we we kind of like um, go into the zone because we are redeemed we think we immediately made we are perfect you know that no it doesn't happen we are every day is ongoing you'll see the struggle is so real our spiritual man struggles a lot our spiritual man groans a lot because he knows that the things of the world are drawing him but then when god kind of like shapes us and does all that the holy spirit starts working in our spiritual man and then automatically we start earning and we see god this is something which i need to repent of this is what i need to believe from your word today this is what i need to do doing uh, listening from your word even today as we look at this verse uh, from galatians chapter 5 verse 6 faith expressing itself in love i would love to actually just uh, move along and see how does this look like how does this pan out so uh, even before we uh, look into what does faith expresses itself in love we're going to see what does faith look like when it does not express itself in love and so the first uh, story i would love to actually look to is from the story of jonah a lot of us know the beautiful story of jonah because it has this whale which eats him and he stays in that whale for the la- for the next 3 days but uh, just let's go deeper into the story to see actually what did jonah actually experience and how many a times we actually have that jonah spirit within us and how we have to be setting ourselves free from that reading from jonah chapter 1 verses 1 to 3 goes on to say the word of the lord came to jonah son of amittai Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa and where he found a ship bound for that port and after paying the fare he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. 
we can see that jonah was so scared to go to a particular city which god had instructed him to go god instructed him to go to nineveh because nineveh had been sinning so badly and that that had reached up to him he he literally wanted to destroy the city and so god tells jonah go ahead go to nineveh and preach this message but he said decides you know what um i get to choose god and he decides another route god intersects in that route he goes in and it's if you read the passage it's beautiful it says he's sleeping when there's a storm and even as the storm builds up the sailors are frantic they are trying to throw everything up, um overboard they are trying to you know figure out a way of how they can save themselves in that he knows he's the mistake he says you know what throw me they still empty fully and they say god at the end of it they pray they say don't hold this against us and they throw him look at the uh, spirit of jonah that he had he was like you know what i would rather die than actually go and do what god's calling me to do he was that stubborn and so uh, he gets thrown and after he gets thrown there's this huge whale which swallows him up the seas calm down it says the sailors there understood that god is real and they offered a sacrifice and they worshiped him right there in the middle of the sea they saw who god was he goes into the belly of the fish and what he does there is interesting for the next 3 days he's singing praise to god of how great god is and when i um, was reading that passage i was actually reading to see okay did he actually say a prayer of repentance or is there something no he's just like you know what god he, i think he just experienced um, a supernatural thing which never occurs that he was so amazed to see one side of god of what he controls and what he can do that he was just thanking god and praising god and after 3 days the fish spits him out onto the land and then god again in jonah chapter 3 god actually tells him again jonah go to nineveh and tell them that they what they're doing is wrong and it's interesting he comes into nineveh and he starts sharing and i'm going to read from jonah chapter 3 verse 6 on which it goes on to say when jonah's warning reached the king of nineveh he started coming in it says it took him 3 days just to cross the stretch of the entire city because it was that big uh, jonah chapter 3 verse 6 goes on to say when jonah's warning reached the king of nineveh he rose from his throne took off his royal robes covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles do not let people or animals herds or flocks taste anything do not let them eat or drink but let people and animals be covered with slack cloth let everyone call urgently on god let them give up their evil ways and their violence who knows god may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish when god saw what they did and how they turned from the evil ways he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened how beautiful is this jonah didn't even have to go to the king when jonah's words reached the king repentance happened and you know the repentance that happened here is very similar to a lockdown the king just issued a decree overnight hey guys everyone is on a fast even the animals are on a fast he said everyone put down remove your clothes and wear sackcloth let's repent let us never discount what god actually wants us to do when he puts certain things into our lives we 
many a times because of the faith that we've received we think that we are sitting in the judgment room you know we are we are a judge we get to decide who gets salvation who doesn't get salvation no it's god in fact i love how god actually teaches jonah a lesson in that he goes on to say in jonah chapter 4 he says aren't these two my people and i was just uh, studying through um uh, a theological reading of what um jonah was um you know why jonah actually exhibited this kind of character jonah being a prophet would have held a certain uh, stand in the community among the jews and the people of nineveh were part of the assyrian um uh, were part of the assyrians you know they are the assyrians and he felt if he had to go and do that to them this the future of israel was at stake he decided that as uh, a person of influence that he can withhold the salvation that can come to the city of nineveh and so what he did was he decided to not go and I, when i was just reading that i realized god so many a times i've put myself in that same place then you've pushed me to go and share god's your love or you push me to text someone and say god you know god really cares for you how can i pray for you to put those words or to share something beautiful of what he's done i've hesitated i've 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 come up with my own reasoning or oh, they might not understand or they might do this no but if we can just obey with that faith which god's given us and when he wants to express it all we need is obedience so jonah was so upset that the entire city uh, cried out and they received uh, repentance and god kind of like you know uh, held back his hand that he went out to the city outskirts and he got upset over a plant which just uh grew up and was giving him shade within a day which the lord grew says and then it died he was upset he said god just kill me he was so bitter by the salvation experience that nineveh had had and then god goes on to say like this he says in jonah 4 but to jonah this seemed very wrong and he became angry he prayed to the lord isn't this what i said lord when i was still at home this is what i tried to forestall by fleeing to tarshish i knew that you are a gracious you are a compassionate god slow to anger and abounding in love a god who relents from sending calamity now lord take away my life for it's better for me to die than to live how many times do we just go into the rooms all by ourselves and we just cry like this god why did that person receive salvation they shouldn't we dictate god and we tell him god this is what you should do and it's interesting that in this prayer you can see god brings out the beautiful characteristics of who he is for his people he says you know god i know that you would be gracious that you would be compassionate that you would be slow to anger and you'll be abounding in love our god is all this he's all this just not for us the faith that we get to experience and we get to experience of all of this is so that even others can experience and so even now we're going to see what is faith expressing itself through love looks like and you might be like okay um many of us uh could fit into the category of jonah but many of us also after we know jesus is working in and through us and even as we are part of a community even as we see different people we still have our own um 
I would say, uh, issues to deal with. For example, I think it also has to do with a lot of our upbringing. You know, like uh, we uh, we are in a diverse land. So automatically we incline towards the same language group or the same people from the same city or the same people who like the same kind of food, you know, or uh, the same people who kind of like think like us, you know, if, um, uh, if, uh, if, or probably it could even be the same IPL team that we all cheer for. But faith expressing itself in love, when it happens, it happens across, um, what do you say? Across every, it breaks every barrier. There's nothing that can actually come in between. And I would love to take this beautiful example, which is very important from the book of Acts, where Peter meets this man called Cornelius. So Peter goes and meets this man called Cornelius. But before he can meet, uh, he had a struggle also to obey. He had a struggle to actually chew on what uh, God was showing him. And so we're going to read that from Acts chapter 10, verses 11 to 20. It goes on to say, he saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord. Peter replied, I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of this vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out and asked if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. A uh, backstory to the entire thing is Cornelius is this man. He's a Gentile man and he uh, did good. He offered prayers. He sought God. And God kind of impressed on his heart to go and send his people to find Peter. And in fact, it says in the um, Passion Translation that he found out those who also believed in him. So the, his very own uh, person, the security and the other people who actually believed in the same God is who he sent. He said, I had a vision like this, go and call Simon Peter. And he was sent. And this is how God prepares Simon Peter. And so if, to give you a context, uh, the Jews were forbidden to eat certain kind of animals. And there was a reason behind it. In the Old Testament, if you go ahead and read in the uh, in the books of Numbers and Deuteronomy and Leviticus, you'll see that God distinctly told them not to eat certain animals. And there were certain ways in which they were supposed to be cut and, you know, being uh, and also be consumed. But when Peter here, he's coming from that tradition, but when Peter uh, actually was asked if he can eat everything, God was telling him, hey, this is the kingdom. It's going to have all these different people. You don't get to pick and choose. You need to share my word to everyone. And so I love how immediately Peter, who listens to the Holy Spirit, when he heard the three people calling and requiring uh, of him, is Peter here, is Peter here? The Spirit said, go ahead. It is me who is sending you. Peter was in this comfortable place because he had just experienced the day of Pentecost. They had seen 3,000 Jews across the world who had gathered get saved. And then the church just started growing. It started growing within the four walls of Jerusalem. And then it started expanding. People started leaving. Because of persecution, they started moving around to the neighboring place. And so the first two uh, uh, requirements of what God had commissioned probably started fulfilling. In Jerusalem, in Judea, 
in Samaria. And he didn't realize the uttermost ends of the world would have probably happen in his lifetime, but it did happen. And oftentimes, it just is that one small person you have to meet or that start you have to have to actually start that entire pathway to an entire community being reached. And so what happens here is when Peter goes, listening to the Holy Spirit, he invites them, they stay over and then the next day they leave. They go to the house of Cornelius. He's surprised to see that they are worshipping the true and living God. He explains to them. He uh, tells them about who Jesus is, of why he died on the cross and how we are all redeemed. And even as he's speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on that place. How beautiful is that? You know, even as he's speaking, the Holy Spirit fell and they started speaking out in different tongues. They had the filling of the Holy Spirit happen within themselves and they started speaking out and glorifying God. So Peter didn't go alone. He had taken a couple of his Jewish friends. And you know, by then, the church, early church, had also had their own SOP in place. Uh, for those of you who don't know what SOP is, basically standard operating procedure. So in this lockdown, uh, we have been instructed to have a st certain standard operating procedure. Be it the place, apartment you're staying will have a certain SOP rules. Your office will have a certain SOP rules. And so the early church also had uh, probably, a, a, so I would say an SOP because they felt, okay, if you accept Jesus and if you get baptized, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. So they saw this happening as a pattern. So they thought this is a standard procedure. This is how God operates. But when God decided to show up to another community group who are not Jewish, who are Gentiles. He broke the way in which he itself manifests himself there. And what happened there? Even as he was preaching, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then Peter goes on and says, you've already received the Holy Spirit. Now, the only thing that's left for you to do is to get baptized so that you can declare with your mouth that Jesus is the true and living God. And it was a public confession of faith that happened right there. So today, what does obedience look like when our faith starts expressing itself in love? This is what it looks like. People who we least expect to be part of the kingdom gets added. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I want to share a story of uh, something that I got to work uh, probably three years back. I got to work on a small documentary project. And, uh, and this kind of like left a mark in me because I... Kind of like uh, always um, push me to think, what if I don't do what God's called me to do? Who's missing out on his salvation? This documentary project that I got to work on was uh, of a person who was a transgender. And uh, she narrates this entire story. She was born as a boy and um, she from day one didn't fit and she felt something was different about her. And um, she had severe identity issues. And as growing up, things just got worse at home. And one day she just ran away from home. And after uh, he ran away, uh, he went and he found himself uh, in this community of uh, the entire transgender community. They welcomed him. They, uh, they in fact, grew him in that community. He, you know, grew and over time, the entire change happened. And uh, the entire documentary focuses on uh, the, the, the struggle and the real pain that it took to go through all of that. And after that, um, you know, life wasn't easy. And for most of you who know um, that in uh, they don't get jobs, there are no job opportunities, there are no, uh, they don't have a normal life and all they are allowed or can do is only beg or, you know, 
get themselves up uh, into prostitution and things like that. And so in that entire journey, uh, what happened was someone who actually was encountering her every day was there actually to help her out. In fact, was coming in to help her out in that community. Uh, Just came and said, you know what? Jesus loves you. And for her, it kind of like pushed her back because she felt, you know what? I've not felt love anytime all this. She's saying the people outside look at us and treat us differently though. We we are treated outside uh, by regular people outside. They don't want us to be there. But you're saying of this person called Jesus and how can he love? And so that journey went on and on. And then she accepted Jesus as a Lord and Savior. And God opened a door for her to adopt a baby. And she is a mother today. And uh, she goes back home. Her family, entire family is accepted because uh, they can see something different about her. And so today, um, the testimony goes on to say of how she is a salt and light in her own community. Of how she journeys with people. Because uh, of the amount of health issues that they all have that she just journeys with them and she says how much of healing comes through and everything. But uh, because I was ent- uh, um, making an entire story of this documentary, uh, I get to see the entire raw footage and I was just going through that and one particular aspect of it, in the conclusion when she says, you know what, had someone told me about Jesus way back when I was really struggling silently, I wouldn't have made gone through this journey. This painful journey. She says, uh, God redeemed me. Yes, God had a plan for me. All that is good. But had someone told me about Jesus, I could have avoided this journey. God has a redemption plan in store. But what is it that he is asking us to do in this faith that he's given us so that it can express its love to each and every one around? Can we be bold enough to ask God, God, how can I express this love? First, it comes with obedience. Even as if uh, if the more you kind of like chew on this, the more you say, God, I want to share your love to someone, God will start opening small doors. God will give you small opportunities. And in those opportunities, you don't have to have a sermon, you know, uh, prepared with you. All you have to do is share from your own life the goodness of God over your life. The goodness of God over your life. So today, this faith that has to express itself in love is to be done so that anyone and everyone can follow Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. All of us know this passage. It goes on to say, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. It says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. So before they can be actually made disciples, they need to see the love that you have, And they need to experience it through the faith that is in you. And all that happens only when you make this first decision of obeying. And then they become disciples. They know who this God that you're serving is. They know who Jesus is. In Mark, it goes on to say, verse 16, verse 15. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. So today, there's no one who is not qualified to not receive the gospel. Everyone is falls under the category of all. The last time I checked, you know, in the dictionary, all is including both me and you who's watching. So this faith expressing itself as love is not an easy task. First Corinthians chapter 13, a familiar 
passage for all those who've been part of Christian weddings and receptions. We read it. We, in fact, have it uh, across our decorations or we have it in our takeaway gifts, something. It always talks about love. And, I f- and as I was reading it, I felt as much as this was, uh, we, we, we've culturally made it for weddings and f- between a husband and a wife, I strongly feel it's for community. Because it's in this community where we really lack this love. And so what does this love look like? I'm reading from the Passion Translation. And I would love for you to actually pay close attention to this. It says, love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what it's wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. It is more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. So today my challenge is, can we be people who can be loving as a community within ourselves, And when we are within ourselves, it automatically spills over. There's an overflow of that into everyone around us. Today, the world lacks love. I love how it says, you know, love does not brag about one's achievements. You know, honestly, I go on this boat sometimes of bragging about so many things that I do. And after reading this, I realized, you know what, I don't have to. It's God who's enabled me. But when I'm talking to someone, let me actually deflate myself and you know just go down and talk to them for who they are they don't have to know my achievements to actually talk to me they need to know who i have within me to talk it, i love how it says it's so large and incredibly patient for those of you who have kids know incredibly patient is a high thing to ask for you know we, we lack it a lot but today can we be incredibly patient because the people who need to find jesus are on the journey of their own. And let's allow the spirit to work. But if there's one thing, let us work on our love being consistent. A lot of us today transact digitally. We do net banking, net transfer. uh, We do Paytm, Google Pay, all that. But as uh, for those of us who probably can just go back to the 90s, a lot of us actually transacted with coins, you know. Uh, I feel uh, that was a time when, you know, I loved collecting new coins because I loved seeing what is right behind the value of each coin. It either had uh, a new um, architecture of what the country wanted it to represent or a person who thought was worthy enough to actually be known across the country, they minted it. And so the value of the coin never changes. But if you turn to the other side, it has a varied expression of our land. So today, when we are called to express our faith through love, I, I, when I look at the coin, I'm reminded of that, that the value of the coin doesn't change. Like a 10 rupee coin is a 10 rupee coin. So our faith in Jesus doesn't change. But what the expression of 
the land, the expression of Jesus who they get to see will change. So when you give one, it might have, uh, you know, it might be patient. When you give to someone, it'll be a 10 rupee coin, which will be uh, of comfort. When you give to someone, it might be, you know what, to say how much worth they are. When you give to someone, it may say, you know what, I will walk with you even through this sickness. Jesus is there for you. So this beauty that is seen, may we be carriers of it. God's asking us to give. Give so that people will find him and in that circumstance, they'll be able to see that this is what true love is. So today, even as we conclude, faith expressing itself as love, how many of us can are willing to really take that journey? For some of us, we might not know who this Jesus is. And I would love to extend this opportunity to you to say, you know, if you want to make Jesus the Lord and personal Savior of your life, and you might be asking, what is that? That's nothing but to declare with your mouth and say, Jesus, you're God over my life. I worship you alone. You came down to earth. You died in my place on that cross. It should have been me because of my sin. What is sin? Sin is what we are born into. And God has redeemed us. He came down as his perfect sacrifice. He didn't know any sin. And when we call on his name, we have salvation. On the third day, Jesus rose again. And our hope is that he will come back. And when he comes back, we don't know when he's going to come back, but when he comes back, we'll spend eternity with him. Are you willing to give your life to Jesus? If you're willing to give your life to Jesus, would you just say this prayer after me? Dear Lord, I thank you for creating me. Thank you for coming into this world because of me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross obediently for my sin. It should have been me. And I say thank you. Thank you. And I believe that you rose on the third day. I believe my sins are forgiven. And I declare that you are Lord and Savior over my life. Come into my heart. In your most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. For those of us who have been seasoned Christians, who have been walking this faith journey, I would love to challenge if you can express your faith today as love. I would like to conclude by reading the scripture again. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Today, I would love to ask all of us who are seasoned Christians, can we express our faith through love? Are we willing to take that step? God will definitely be speaking to each and every one of us. He has a unique call over each and every one of our life. And what we are asked to express is also so unique in terms of the love. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to work. Let him give you that desire. If you say you lack the desire, just open your mouth and ask him. He's willing to show it to you. If there's anything that outlasts our lifetime, it will be his love and the fruit of his love in different expressions. So today, even as we are doing this entire series, Her Divinity, my challenge is let's rise up. Rise up in our faith so that we know that we have to be part of everyone who are so different and not like us. And let us express that love through this community to one another. Because it's in that one another when we experience, we actually learn more. 
we actually become more sensitive. We, we start showing more empathy. We have more compassion. And that overflows as a community to many others. Because when they see us, they'll all see us as this united one body. So can I just pray and close? Loving Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful week, Lord Jesus, that we've been through, Lord Jesus. I pray even right now, even as we heard this word, Lord, may it sink deep into our spirits, Lord. May it sink deep into our hearts, Lord Jesus, that we will have a transformation that happens, Lord Jesus. Work in us, Lord. I pray that, Lord, mindsets that have to be changed, let it be changed, Lord. I pray that, Lord, our understanding of people, if it has to be changed, let it be changed. I pray that, Lord, even as we, Lord, step, Lord, into different areas where you're calling us, Lord, may we learn to live and to take those steps, Lord Jesus, by listening to your voice. We pray that, Lord, our faith expressing itself through love will be out of obedience to you, Lord. May it just not be a one-off thing, but may it be of complete obedience to you. I pray that you would be with your children, Lord Jesus, even as we step out into this coming week, that you would go before us, Lord. I pray, Lord, that there'll be protection over your children. There'll be favor over your children, Lord Jesus. I pray that, Lord, everything that they undertake will be blessed, Lord Jesus. As they commit it to you, as they leave everything in your hands, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, you would bless them. Be with them. I pray specifically, Lord Jesus, for health, for protection over everyone, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that, Lord, even as your children start this week, that, Lord, you would be with each and every one, Lord. Strengthen each and every one, Lord. May you be glorified. And I pray that, Lord, you would rise us, show us the avenues in which we'll be able to express our faith through love. In your most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.